Thank you, worship team, this morning. I appreciate uh, your heart and preparation for our worship. If you have your Bibles, I do trust that you'll turn to um, the book of Titus. We are in a series um, in the book of Titus, and it is my desire to make sure that as you attend over the number of weeks that you'll have a, a, a firm grasp of understanding what the scriptures say, specifically in the book of Titus. Um, this morning's uh, title is the, the Demand for Sound Doctrine. The Demand for Sound Doctrine. And unfortunately, what happens is when some people hear the word doctrine, it's like, okay, I will start having my mind and my eyes start glazing over because you're going to be talking about doctrine. And I want to challenge you um, at the outset here. I went to a funeral yesterday. Do you think that sound doctrine matters when you're at a funeral? Yes or no? After the funeral yesterday, I went to a wedding. Do you think sound doctrine matters when it comes to the home and marriage? Yes or no? Do you think sound doctrine matters when you talk about parenting? Yes or no? And quite frankly, folks, everything we do, doctrine matters. And what you find out in the book of Titus is he's going to challenge Titus, and we're really only going to look at one verse this morning. Now, it doesn't mean my sermon is going to be any less short than the other time, but one verse, and we're going to understand it in the context. A well-known writer and reader, uh, someone who reads a lot of books and, and uh, then gives reviews of those books, have, has written about this. He said this. He talks about uh, reading books. He said, these books that teach the worst are often the books that sell the best. He says, it's sorrowful to witness the church's widespread theological ignorance exposed by these books' popularity. Because Christians are not trained in sound doctrine, they wholeheartedly embrace error, often, often finding it more satisfying than God's revealed truth. And I'm just saying at the outset, as we look at what we're talking about, even as, as I, I preached last week about the warnings of false doctrine and how that can permeate not only our homes, but in a church, and how we must be um, committed to sound doctrine. And it's not something that we do by pride. It's not something that we're going to be egotistical as the Pharisees of old about what we know. But that doctrine ought to affect, and really it's a, the whole theme of the book of Titus, your doctrine ought to affect your behavior. Your belief ought to be affecting your behavior. Your creed ought to affect your deeds. And I say time and time again from the beginning of our time when we started our church here, the thing that I want our church to focus on is that I want our church to be a healthy church. Because as a healthy church, God will then help that healthy church to grow in depth as well as in breadth. And just the opposite of being a healthy church you can go to the book of Timothy and you can see how Paul was writing to Timothy and his ministry there. And he talks about teaching that is, is unsound. 
and, and really the imagery there is like it's gangrene. It's, it, there's infection that is set in. And the thing that as a lead pastor and one of the pastors here, we want to pray that God would help us to stay healthy. And it's not just that your pastors stay healthy, it's that the people of God stay healthy. And it's not just our time here at 1030 in the morning, it's when you go home and what you do and, and your spirit and your attitude and your pursuit of God and understanding of God. May God help us at Community to be a healthy church. This author goes on and says that there are reasons that this ignorance pervades today's church. He says, for decades, Christians have focused on felt needs rather than the doctrinal truth. We have focused on immediately applicable topical sermons rather than verse-by-verse -verse exposition that unleashes the whole truth of God's word. We have stopped catechizing, teaching our children, building within them a solid systematic foundation for their faith and how we need parents to make sure that we're teaching our children. We have emphasized Christianity as a relationship with God at the expense of Christianity as an established body of truth. It's not one or the other. You have to know who you believe in and how you are persuaded. In so many ways, we have focused on feelings rather than facts, he writes. We have attempted to make Christianity palatable by making it simplistic. While the Christian faith is much more than facts, much more than doctrine, it can never be less. Christianity is dependent upon truths that are taught by God's word and received by God's people. As you study the scriptures, and what I'm talking about is I, as I prepared this week, and as I, I, I read through Titus, and I reflected through the book of uh, Timothy, and as I read through Jude, and there are certain books in our New Testament that deal with false teaching or false teachers, that really you have to understand that there are a number of types of false teachers and false teaching that can have influence on us. And I said last week, I think we are, we are um, uh, influenced more by false teaching than we realize. But number one, there's a type of a false teacher that would be what would be called a heretic, that they would be someone that you would say, this is what the Bible says, and they would say just the opposite. Okay, And that, that type of person and that type of teaching pretty much would stand out a little bit more to us. There are other false teachers that would say, I know what the Bible says, but this is what God has revealed to me, and this is a new revelation, and I want you to follow me on this teaching, perhaps. Something that's outside of the authority of the Scriptures. Jude 18 speaks about false teachers and false teaching that can come into a church that will then begin to divide God's people. And I have seen that happen when churches stop focusing on the gospel and they start focusing on secondary things. They start focusing on their preferences and their convictions. They want to maximize these things rather than understanding what it is to have a relationship with the God of heaven and understanding the gospel and, and maximizing and promoting the gospel. 2 Timothy chapter 4 mentions a false teacher that, that tickles people's ears. Now, it's not like they really are tickling your ear. You know that, right? 
but it's like you, you they they go to hear just what they want to hear because it feels good and it it might they might say oh it just always encourages me well sometimes we don't need always encouragement okay i mean your kids need encouragement sometimes they need to be rebuked and they need to be set straight and that's what teaching does that's what doctrine does titus chapter 3 the book that we're in here mentions a false teacher that they are in all types of speculations and there's all kinds of doctrines to study and there's a time when you can get with people and you can talk about doctrine and we can talk about what the bible says but then eventually what happens is is you go beyond scripture and you start speculating about what that scripture means and it may even be logical in your conclusions but you start putting your systemized theology that's logical within reason but it goes beyond scripture and you start maximizing that then you are speculating you're going beyond what scripture says and you have to be careful in those areas and then we have here in titus chapter 1 and verse 11 that there are false teachers and perhaps this one uh, truth might uh, permeate, permeate all of these false teachers is that they're in it for what they can get out of it i have known testimonies and there are people who are pastors in the past that they they became a pastor because they thought hey this is an easy job i told someone at the wedding yesterday i said uh, i said i'm leaving early from the wedding i said because i got to go preach i said that's my one hour this week and he said, I know preachers do more than one hour. But some preachers, some people think that that's all a preacher does. But there are people who are in it who stand behind pulpits or stand behind television prompters or write books because they're not in it for the betterment of God's people and the truth of God's word. They're in it for, for themselves. A man by the name of Thomas Brooks, who was an old Puritan in the 1600s that C.H. Spurgeon liked, here's what he said about some of these preachers. He said, They eye your goods more than your good, and mine more the serving of themselves than the saving of your souls. They may have your substance, they care not, though Satan has your souls. That they may the better pick your purse than will hold forth such principles as are very indulgent to the flesh. False teachers are the great worshipers of the golden calf. He goes on, he says, Now by these characters you may know them, and so shun them, and deliver your souls out of their dangerous snares, which that you may, my prayers, shall meet yours at the throne of grace. And I say to us that, once again, I think that we are influenced, persuaded, attacked more by false doctrine and false teaching than we realize and the purpose of my sermon today is to help us to understand when paul writes to titus here in titus chapter 2 in this one verse verse number one but as for you he's writing to titus and he's very specific but as for you titus Here's what I want you to do. This is what you need to do, Titus. You need to speak the things which are proper for sound doctrine. And the, the, the language here in the original is that you need to continue to speak these things 
that are for sound doctrine. Don't stop speaking sound doctrine. And quite frankly, folks, this is the thing. Um, I was trying to think uh, this past week, I think some, some people were over with my wife and I'm in my office and I'm, I'm wrestling with this text. I, I've done all the reading. I've read over 20-something commentaries. I've got you know notes and notes and notes, but I'm wrestling. Why did Paul say to t- uh, Titus, but as for you, Titus, you need to continue to speak sound doctrine. Why? And I have all kinds of notes, all kinds of things to say, but I just had to wrestle, and I, I'm like, Lord, you have to give me understanding of this. And I trust the understanding that I'm going to share with you this morning is the understanding that you will understand from the text. A number of reasons. The demand for sound doctrine. And the first thing I thought of is this, that sound doctrine is what future leaders need modeled. Look in Titus chapter 1 and verse 4. Right? In chapter 1 and verse 1, Paul is the author. And then he says in verse 4, he says to Titus. And he's writing to Titus. He's going to share something with Titus. And then he gives Titus a responsibility in verse 5. And what did he ask or what did he tell Titus to do in verse number five? He said, Titus, I want you to remain in Crete and I want you to ordain elders in every city. I want you to go throughout this island, which I've said to you in the past, that parts of the island would be between here and Spring Hill all the way to Nashville, about 30 miles, and all the way from Nashville all the way over to Knoxville, about 156 miles. That would be Crete. And Paul says, Titus, I want you to stay there, and I want you to go to the cities, and I want you to go to the churches, and I want you to find capable, godly men who will preach the gospel, and I want you to make sure that those men are equipped, but they are ordained for ministry, that they are, they're going to lead God's people. And my first point here is that sound doctrine is what future leaders need. They need it modeled. It was his responsibility. And what Titus would do, Titus would model it for the future leaders that were going to oversee God's people. And if Titus wasn't willing to continue to teach sound doctrine then that would have an influence of those future leaders who are going to influence other people within the church. And Paul says to Titus, Titus, you need to continue to proclaim and preach and teach doctrine that is sound. Because when you do it, others will hear it from you, others will see it modeled in your life, and others will continue to proclaim the truth what they have heard. If Titus was not willing to stand, how would the other leaders and how would the other people know how to stand? And I say this to to all of you, my brothers and sisters. Do you realize that your words matter to the next generation? Do you realize that your spirit matters to the next generation? Do you realize that your values matter to the next generation of what you model to the next generation? Do you realize that it has an influence? 
I think it's interesting as Paul is writing to Timothy in 2 Timothy, he says to Timothy these words. He says, you, Timothy, you, you have followed my teaching, my doctrine. That's the same word here that he tells Titus to keep proclaiming the truth of healthy, sound doctrine. He says, Titus, uh, Timothy, you have followed my doctrine. To follow someone's doctrine, you have to know what it is. And then you follow it, you practice it. He says, you have followed my teaching, my conduct, and my aim in life. And I'm just saying that if, if Titus was, would not have continued to proclaim sound doctrine, then the next generation, the, the next generation would have suffered the consequences. And because of that, the next generation would suffer the consequences. And folks, quite honestly, if you see where we are in 2022, who would ever think that we are where we are in our morals and standards? And we can talk about what our grandparents believed and what they taught. But somehow, I don't know how much of that is permeating. I know not the society in a sense, but would to God give us a church that would stand for the truth of his word and sound doctrine? And I thought about men in our church. I'm very thankful for a number of men who have been pastors in the past. And some of those men are here today. And I, I texted them earlier in the week, and I just said, um, what doctrines did you, in a sense, have to continually proclaim when you were preaching the gospel. We got Brother um, Britt and Brother Lotz and um, Bill Sparks is, is uh, in Texas this week. But these men pastored churches and they had to get up on a regular basis and persuade people from the authority of the scriptures to live a certain way that God has called them to live. And number one, I just thought, you know what? Praise the Lord for faithful people in the past that have that have modeled the truth of the gospel and they live it today and I asked them some of the things that they, they had to deal with and here are the, some of the answers salvation by works that we think that we are good enough to earn our way to, to heaven law versus grace some of them had to fight the version debate what kind of version of the bible are you reading and is that the right one baptismal regeneration the tongues movement, lukewarm Christianity. If you go back in um, history, that's another word that people start glazing over, history. Um, among Baptists, um, Charles Barino is Terry, Terry here? She's not here this morning. Charles Barino was a, a pastor that um, has passed away. He was in our church. But when he was in college up at Southern Seminary, there was liberalism going on. And he would tell me stories where he would have to fight for the truth and the authority of the scriptures. And we are where we are today, folks, that from a theological standpoint in, a, in the Southern Baptist um, Convention, in a sense, and we're, by the way, we're not members of the Southern Baptist Convention. If you're, uh, you say, well, why not? Because I, I didn't come from that background. We are Baptists who love Jesus, all right? That's we're Baptists who love Jesus. Um, 
But there was a day in our colleges that liberalism was being taught, the, the undermining the authority of the virgin birth, undermining the authority of the scriptures. And praise God that there were men like Al Mohler and other godly men who fought the battle to bring back truth and theology and saying fighting for truth sound doctrine because folks if you don't if you don't base your life you don't base your eternity on something that's true and sound doctrine then you're going to be in trouble one day we have to have sound doctrine and i ask our pastors pastors us pastors I think about our deacons. I think about our Sunday school teachers. I think about our small group leaders. Are we committed to sound doctrine in this church? And I'm not talking about just the doctrine of what it's written, but how it's lived in our life. That God's word has an impact in our living, and we're different because of what God says in his word, by his spirit and through his grace not through some form of legalism and rules and regulations that we have to do. Moms and dads, do you realize that your children don't need as a priority for them to learn what's politically correct in 2022? But they need to understand the Bible. They need to understand who Jesus is. They need to understand what God says in his word and that they need to please him. They need to stand. They need to humbly follow him. Moms and dads, if you don't value the truth of God's word and what you hear from the pulpit and what you read throughout the week, will your kids value that? I'd say, moms and dads, if you're not willing to fight the battle and stand for what's right and go against the, the culture, your kids will never do that. So sound doctrine is what needs to be modeled for future generations. Number two, I want you to see this morning, sound doctrine is what false teachers need to hear. Sound doctrine is what false teachers need to hear. And some of you are like, well, why would they need to hear this? Is there any hope for these false teachers chapter 2 and verse 1 but as for you Titus you teach what accords with sound doctrine why we, we teach truth and that false teachers need to hear it not number one to be vindictive not to be argumentative not to try to win a battle but false teachers need to hear it for a number of reasons. I want you to see in chapter 1 and go back to verse number 11 of our text. Sound doctrine is what silences false teaching. Look in Titus chapter 1 and verse 11. He says, whose mouths must be stopped. Speaking of false teaching, false teachers who subvert whole households teaching things which they ought not for the sake of dishonest gain. And false teaching or sound doctrine needs to be taught because it silences false teaching. And, and what I mean by that, when it says that they need to be stopped, it doesn't mean that you go and put your hand over their mouth and say, you stop. 
and that that would be a way that you could try but folks the way that you silence false teaching is you proclaim the truth of the proper teaching the way that you know that a dollar bill is counterfeit is not by holding and handling all kinds of counterfeit stuff is that you hold the real deal so much and you know what the real feels like that when you when you touch anything else that's not the real deal that you know it's false and that that's what's commanded here look in verse number nine of our text of chapter one and verse nine speaking of those who are qualified leaders those who are elders those who are pastoring he must hold firm to the trustworthy word as taught why so that he may be able to give instruction in sound doctrine and also to rebuke those who contradict it and when the word of god when sound doctrine is taught it will bring to light the wrong of false doctrine and false teachers by god's grace are even appealed to in this particular book and other books of the bible that they might be one, that they might be sound in the faith, that, that, that God might do a work in their heart and life. I was talking to someone this week, and they, they had told a little bit about their past, and they said before coming to Christ, I was in a, a cult. Do you know that there's hope for people who are in cults? That the truth of God's word, sound doctrine, all that God is and all that he is, that he can rescue people out of wrong doctrine and error and it's not to be vindictive but it's to proclaim the truth and that perhaps god might give them repentance to come to the truth that's that's the lord's heart in this matter and sometimes we think that people can't be saved and we put people in categories and we think oh they could never be saved listen god can save anybody you know why I know that? Because he saved me. This word doctrine is mentioned 21 times in our New Testament. 15 of the 21 times it's mentioned in the pastoral epistles. 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, and Titus. 15 out of 21 times he mentions doctrine when he comes to having reference with shepherding the church and pastoring the church and the importance of sound doctrine. If you do a study of these 21 words, which I did this week, that it's interesting that as doctrine is taught, that it could be the doctrine of God, or there is something that is taught in the scriptures a number of times that is the doctrine of men. There's doctrines from God, and there's also in 1 Timothy 4, 1, there's doctrines from the devil. There's, there's doctrine that is sound, that's healthy, and there's doctrine that is unsound and unhealthy and gangrene and infectious. There's doctrine that is according to godliness, and there is a doctrine that is according to ungodliness. Live like you want, claim to know Jesus, do what you want, you're going to be okay. There is a doctrine that is profitable and a doctrine that is unprofitable. There is a doctrine that stabilizes God's people. 
there's a doctrine that tosses God's people and they're tossed to and fro and they just follow about any wind of doctrine, the Bible says. Why do false teachers need to hear sound doctrine? Look in chapter 1 and verse 13. Second point, number under this, is that they need to be rebuked, in verse 13, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith. As the word is taught, as the word is heard, God offers hope to those who are wayward. I don't know where you are, don't know what your, 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 your thought pattern, your belief system is. He offers hope to those who are wayward, those who have even turned their back and they're going a different direction. And I would say, isn't God good? I would say this to, to you. Um, I would be very careful about engaging people that are like Mormons or Jehovah's Witnesses. You're like, okay, I'm just going to go off and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start a ministry. Um, I believe that you can teach truth from the, doc, uh, from the Bible. But, you know, those types of religions, sometimes the best people they go after are people that are in churches like this and you don't know the scriptures. And there is a false doctrine, and there's a proper doctrine. So be careful in your heart, be careful in your understanding, be careful in your engagements. Point number three this morning, sound doctrine is what the church needs to live. See, he, 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 he addresses in chapter 2 and verse 1, but as for you, Titus, you continue to speak the things which are for or proper for sound doctrine. Why? Because the leaders need it that you're going to be influencing. The false teachers, there's hope within it. But then what you're going to find is, folks, verses 2 through 10 deal with people in the church. And my point is, sound doctrine is what the church needs to live. Because what you're going to find out in these verses that Pastor Dan will be preaching on is that you're going to see sound doctrine modeled in the church in verses 2 through 10. As a matter of fact, if you just peruse verses 2 through 10, it's going to reference older men. I think I told you in the beginning of, of Titus when I started studying this, you think, like, okay, what does the word older mean? I'm getting ready to be 58. According to these guys and these days, older was like if you were 50 or, or, or more, you were old. I'm an older man. I don't like to think that, but I am. If you're under 50, you're a young person. And the passage of Scripture deals with older men. And it calls them to a certain way of living, and it challenges them where they were in Crete about how they were to live. In verse 3, older ladies, it talks about how older ladies are to live and what they are to do and how they are to influence the younger women in verse 4 and following. In verse 6, the, old, uh, the younger men, they, they get by. They only get one verse real quick. And then Titus is challenged in verse 7. And then, folks, here's, here's another thing that we... we we, we might minimize in a sense, but, but the, the following, the verses 9 and 10, it talks about those who are slaves. 
that, that the Bible has great opportunity for God's people to know how to live, whether you're an older person, you're a younger person, or even if you're in the most terrible situations in life. That God has a will for you to live in such a way that he would receive glory. That you can, you can testify of God's grace and you can testify of, of being a follower of, of Christ because of what you do in life. And sound doctrine needs to be proclaimed because it's what the church needs to live. It's how we ought to live. And what you find out in all the, the sound doctrine in verses 2 and following, do you know what that is? If you start going through all those verses... It's not a lot of long theological words. Do you know that theology, do you know that sound doctrine is very practical? Sometimes we, we think it's not. It's very practical, and you're going to see it lived out in those verses. And Pastor Dan is proclaiming and preaching on these verses starting next week. New believers need sound doctrine in the church. Mature believers need sound doctrine in the church. What germs are to the physical body, false teaching is to the spiritual body, the church. The spiritual health of individual Christians who comprise a local congregation determine the spiritual health of that body. How are you doing in your soul, in your spirit, in your walk, in your relationship with Christ this morning? And number four, fourth truth this morning. The sound doctrine is what the world needs to see. Sound doctrine, sound living, the byproduct of sound teaching is sound living, and that's what the world needs to see. Paul once again says to Titus, but as for you, Titus, Titus, you continue to teach what accords with sound doctrine. And going back to what I was just saying, He's saying, older men, older ladies, younger, men, younger women and younger uh, men and slaves and servants, by the way that you live, you have an opportunity to impact the world. Sound doctrine is what the world needs to see God's people living. Our beliefs impact our behavior our creed impacts our deeds and and look at the text here and pastor dan will pull all this together next week but look in verse number five chapter two and verse five he's talking to the younger women and at the end of verse five it says that you are to do this that the word of god may not be blasphemed that you live in such a way that people will not blaspheme the word of God and make light of it. Look in verse number eight. Sound speech that cannot be condemned, that one who is an opponent may be ashamed having nothing evil to say of you that you speak in such a way sound speech same word healthy that the outside world cannot say anything evil about you and once more look in verse number 10 he's writing to those who are bond servants verse 10 
that they may adorn the doctrine, that's the same word again, the teaching of God, our Savior in all things. And my brothers and sisters in Christ this morning, the demand for sound doctrine, it's what the next generation needs. It's what false teachers need to hear to silence them, to, to help them to understand the truth of what God says. It's what the church needs to live. It's what we need to practice. It's when we leave here today that we will live for Jesus based on the authority of the scriptures and not our own preferences and our own thoughts and our own reasoning that we let ourselves slide and how we talk to other people and how we love and lead our family, how we respond to our children, how we treat people out in the community, how we think of other people. And sound doctrine is what the world needs to to see I close with some practical applications I challenge you my brothers and sisters to read and study your Bibles to be people of the book do it personally do it daily do it wholeheartedly to spend time with God Take notes during the preaching time. Whether it's on your electronic device, whether it's on the bulletin, whether it's in your Bible, write notes. And then when you, you come to a point and you're like, I don't understand that. What does that mean? Then find out. Ask someone. Feel free to ask the pastors. But study and understand the truth of the, the Bible. Be a part of a small group. Submit yourself to the truths that you're learning and ask God to reveal more truth to you. Mark Twain said, it's not the things in the Bible that I don't understand, but it's the things that I do understand and I'm not doing. And for some of us, God would say, why, are you, why do you want new truth when you're not even doing the truth that you know you ought to be doing, right? So let's obey and submit and say, God, I'm willing to follow you. I'm... Think doctrinally read doctrinal books maybe some of you take some theological classes there's some great resources out there the world needs to hear and see the gospel lived out in our lives the world can see sound doctrine lived out in our homes the world can see sound doctrine lived out in our lives even in the most terrible circumstances and situations and may God help us as a church to be people that rest in the person who gives us doctrine that is healthy. Let's pray. Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. If you're here this morning and you don't know Jesus, um, I would love to speak with you and show you the truths of God's word. There are others that would be glad to speak with you. But the greatest, the greatest thing that you ought to consider is, is really this morning is what is my relationship with God? And what does the Bible say? If you're here this morning and you have minimized the truth of God's word and you've minimized spending time with him and you've lost your first love and you're just going through the rules and the regulations... 
cry out to the Lord and ask him this morning to help him to help you to fall in love with him again moms and dads pray for your children speak words of grace speak words of gospel in your home live the life by God's grace and by God's strength that, that the Lord wants you to live and there's not a perfect person here there's not a perfect home we're all sinners we need God's help and lean on the Lord and re ask him to help you I sound the alarm I sound the word this morning with our Sunday school teachers and with our small group leaders and our pastors are we committed to the truth of God's word in saying the things that we ought to say but by living them day by day May God help us as a church to be a healthy church. May God help us not to just have our minds filled with facts, but help us to have our minds filled with facts that, that help us to know God more. And because we know God more, we love God more. Lord, watch over our church. Watch over our people. Bless our homes. Bless our children. Bless our teenagers. Help us to stand. Help us, Lord, to continue to proclaim and teach doctrine that is sound for your glory, I pray in your name. Amen.